0: Welcome back to Cracking Up. I'm super excited for today because today I'm going to continue with my last episode's topic, which is what happened to me when I first moved to New York City. But I want today's episode to be focused on the opportunity to recreate yourself. So I guess we just jump right into it. But... For those of you who missed the last episode, I'll just fill you in really quick. Basically, I, right after high school, moved to New York City to start at a performing arts school in the city. And, obviously, anyway. And I was absolutely terrified for the first two weeks that I was there. I freaked out. I mean, I was still terrified for months after. I'm still terrified every time it hits me that I live in New York City. But when I first moved there, it was really hard. And so today, like I said, I want to continue with the idea of how you can create yourself because I think it's really, really cool. So I moved to New York City and in the back of my mind had this idea that the second I got there, I was going to completely reinvent myself. I wanted to go there and be a fashion icon. I wanted to go there and be super, super positive all the time. I didn't want to feel like I was too much anymore. So I wanted to be chill and I wanted to not be super dramatic. I wanted to try and be very go with the flow. And I wanted to be the most popular girl in school and have so many friends. I basically wanted to be every single thing I was not growing up. Um, And so I tried that at first, but I think it didn't take very long for me to realize that there's a difference between trying to reinvent the way people see you or, or reinvent yourself around a new group of people and completely change who you are. Because there are certain things that I wanted to do that are just not who I am. And then there's other things that were totally in my control that I just thought would be a lot easier than they were. So when I first moved to New York, like I said, I wanted to be a little fashion icon. I wanted to run around in the cutest clothes and carry myself like Blair Waldorf or Serena Vanderwoodson Woodson from Gossip Girl. I... I had this image in my head. But coming from Rhode Island and never caring about my outfits back then, I'm not sure exactly how I thought that I was just gonna jump in and be some icon. But safe to say, about a week in, I had given up all hope on looking cute and I started wearing my Birkenstocks everywhere with shorts and a t-shirt. I was so miserable there that I just decided that I didn't care which definitely wasn't the way I should have gone about it. But I got so overwhelmed in my misery and I was convinced that I was leaving this school. So I was like, okay, who cares anymore? I gave up. Um, So then once I had spent time there and I fell in love with it, then I started to focus on what I wanted to look like and what I wanted to carry myself as and how I wanted to dress. And so it definitely got better over time. And one of my now best friends that I made at AMDA – was this girl who she's she's just amazing and she carries herself so well and I think that's one of the things that made me drawn to her in the first place and she has the cutest clothes all the time and we became best friends so as soon as that came into my life she would help me pick out cute outfits and stuff like that and over time I definitely got a better sense of like fashionable clothes and things like that and I know that talking about Reinventing myself and then just saying my clothes. I'm gonna wear sounds so cliche, but I really do believe that it's the little things that um, Make us feel like a different person like sometimes all you need is a cute outfit and you feel like a completely different person and then I really wanted to focus on being a more chill and understated and if you want to hear a really funny and tragic story about me after I had spent all this time planning out how I was going to be so chill and understated with my friends, first I managed to convince myself that I would never make friends at AMDA. So it took me so long to finally open myself up. And at the beginning, I really didn't have friends at AMDA because I was so quiet. Like I would sit in the corner and I, I went from in high school being that girl who would never shut up to being that girl that didn't speak and all I ever did was sit in the corner and cry. It was pathetic. Um, And I wish I didn't do it, but I also know that it's a huge part of how I grew up and how I, you know, came off at AMDA. And also like people who watched me go through that phase, now knowing me and knowing who I really am, they still make jokes about it. And I think it's something that we all go through like, some people are great when they get dropped off at school and other people have a really hard time and I think it's okay either way. But first of all, before I tell you this funny story, know that if you are one of the ones that's having a super hard time, like getting comfortable with people, know that it it can change. Like I really did a good job at putting myself in a bubble. I hated everybody that I was surrounded by because of the fact that I thought they hated me and I hated my experience there because... I was so sad and so wanted to go home, but if I had just opened myself up to it, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. I would have made friends right off the bat because you you get connected with people. You meet people and you just click with them. So if you're there worried about this whole idea of not making friends when you get to college or anything like that, don't let yourself freak out about it because the best thing about college is that there's so many opportunities to meet new people and... It's just, it will always work out for you. So that being said, I remember the first day that my roommate brought some friends back to our dorm, and after I had just told you guys how hard I was trying to not be my crazy wild self, I thought that it would be great to become friends with these girls. So they came in the room, and I was so excited that there was people there and that I could finally make friends, and... I introduced myself to them as Harambe. You know Harambe, the gorilla that attacked the little child? Yeah. So I'm not sure why. I have absolutely no idea what went through my head that I thought it would be good to introduce myself as Harambe. But if you ask any of my best friends this story, they know it's true. And they will tell you that I looked at them dead in the eye and said, oh, I'm Harambe. I have no idea why. But... I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, what did I just say? You're doing a horrible job at being chill. Why are you like this? But as soon as they started to laugh at me, I already noticed a difference between them and the kids that I went to high school with because in high school, if I had said something like that, I was already, I already was labeled as this crazy weird girl. So if I had said that, I would have just been, people would have been freaked out by me. But these girls just laughed at me, and we had so much fun. And I was thinking to myself, well, if I can't change myself to be more chill, I've already started on this note, I might as well just be myself. So people started to get to know me for who I really am, which is loud, obnoxious Jenna. I'm dramatic. I cry all the time. I'm super sensitive. Um, I'm a Cancer. For those of you into astrology, I'm a Cancer, so that sums it up. But yeah, so I went through this whole phase of trying so hard to be somebody that I wasn't. And it took me a really long time to figure out that it was important for me to stay true to myself, but also keep in mind that there was a lot of opportunity for me to totally recreate certain parts of my life. So after the first like three weeks of school, I was known as two things. One, the girl who sits and cries in the corner and talks to everybody about how she's not talented enough to be there but doesn't seem to have a personality otherwise. Or the girl who jumps off her bunk bed and says, Hi, I'm Harambe. So I wasn't really off to a good start. Which leads me to another point, which is you don't necessarily need to be meeting people for the first time to recreate yourself. Because once I finally got comfortable there, I had a chance to focus on really what I wanted to do and things like that, who I wanted to be and what I wanted my impact on people to be. So I decided that I should sit down and write it down. And I remember writing all the things I wanted to be. And so many of them were such shallow things. Like I, one of the things I wanted to be was popular, I just wanted to be popular. I didn't care how I had to do it. I just wanted to be popular. And I wanted to be, like, stunning. I wanted to be one of those girls that would walk in a room and people would be like, wow, damn, she's beautiful. But as I was writing those, I realized, like, this is kind of gross. This is kind of disappointing. Because why would I move to New York City to do something so big with my life but be so small-minded? So I decided to write down only things that I wanted to be that didn't have to do with my looks or how liked I was. I just wanted to be really true to myself because I knew that that's what would make people like me and make me look more beautiful. Like you radiate what's on the inside. I really do believe that. So I wrote down things like, I wanna be positive. I wanted to be one of those people that everybody knew Like, if they needed some positivity in their life, they could go to her. I wanted to be that girl because in high school, I didn't have the chance to be that girl because of the fact that nobody would ever come to me for things like that until I finally got closer with some of my friends, like I said. But before then, like, I couldn't be the girl who was always positive about things because people didn't want to come talk to me. So to be positive in this new environment meant that I had to be the type of person that people wanted to be around in the first place. So I wrote down that and I wrote down that I wanted to be one of those people that always believes in herself which to an extent is impossible because there's very few people in this world that are always 110 percent confident in their abilities. I doubt that there's really even one person who never questions themselves Especially in an industry that I wanted to go into. Like in the performing arts world, we're only ever judged on how we look and how we act and how talented we are. So it's a hard thing to ask of myself. So I just wanted to try my best to do that. So I worked on it and I really focused on being confident in myself even when I was unconfident confident. Even when I didn't believe in myself, I wanted to be able to pick myself back up and remind myself how I got here in the first place. So I guess maybe a month or so into school is when I finally started talking in my classes. And when I would get up on stage to perform, and I started to say, okay, like, I can do this. I, I'm i going to show them what I'm made of. Because for those of you who are performers a quick little tip is that there's nothing that other performers love more than watching you kick butt on stage like especially personally for me watching somebody go on stage and tear that thing to shreds is like unbelievable like it motivates me it inspires me and it also makes me so proud even if i don't know who you are like i'm proud of you because that's a hard thing to do and it's so amazing to watch So I realized that the only thing that I was doing to myself by doubting myself and sitting in the corner and crying was holding myself back. I wasn't even letting myself perform to my best. So I really don't want this podcast episode to be one of those super preachy things where I sit there and say, always be true to you, always love yourself, always anything like that, because although it's absolutely true, that's not what I'm here to do. I've never in my life responded well to people speaking to me in cliche sentences or anything like that. All I'm trying to share with you guys right now is what I learned because you always hear how easy it is to be true to yourself or how not easy, how important it is to be true to yourself or how there's only one unique you in the world and blah, blah, blah. And the truth of the matter is, is... You can always change. You can always improve who you are. You can always impact who you want to be one day. It's never too late to do that. So do I think that you always have to be the same you that you were when you were 15? No, not for a second. But I think that who you are when you're growing up is your solid foundation. I think that it's something that you'll always have there to fall back on. It's something that will always pick you up. So when I went to AMDA and was a crying ball of mush in the corner, I had two options, which was to continue being that ball of mush or to just show up myself because that was the only other thing I knew how to do. And if I hadn't made the decision to just be myself and just embrace it and give up on trying to be this entirely new person, I would have I don't know. I would have never made it because when I became myself or when I acted like myself, I finally fell into place with who I was meant to be friends with and where I was meant to be going. And if it wasn't for me letting who I really am come out, I would have never started cracking jokes during class. And I would have never started, you know, always being loud and super, super, super extroverted constantly. And if it wasn't for all of that, I would have never been introduced to the idea that, hey, maybe you could be performing on Saturday Night Live one day. And for those of you who are confused because of my first episode when I said I came to Amda to be on Broadway, that's true. I did. But comedy is something that has always been so natural and something that I loved so much for me that I never considered it something that I could make a career out of. But it's also what I love. I I love comedy more than most things in this world. It truly makes me who I am. If I didn't have my sense of humor, I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be anywhere close to the person that I am right now. So I think that who you are will always be taking you different places because I never expected to come home and say well I want to be on SNL now and I actually just had this amazing opportunity to get super close to SNL or I just got to go see it live and I didn't get to do this or I got to do this or I never expected any of these opportunities to come because they wouldn't have if I didn't just finally accept who I really am and for that I'm I'm forever thankful because I think that trying to make my Broadway dreams come true would have ended in a lot of heartache for me because to an extent that's what I wanted to do because if I can perform anyway, I would take it. I would love to, but that's not truly where I want to end up. That's not my end goal. It's, I just think that I would have ended up getting brokenhearted from it because when you try to fight for something that you don't really love, but you've been convincing yourself that you love for so long, that hurts, you know? So I know this ended up sounding like a big cliche, which is exactly what I said I didn't want it to be. But if there's one piece of advice you can take from this, I want it to be that no matter what you're going through or what situation you're in, if you have high anxiety from it or you feel like you can't come out of your shell and meet new people or things like that, trust me when I say, that you need to trust in yourself because the people that are meant to be in your life will be attracted to who you are as a person, not even physically, just in general. So anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Cracking Up. I'm so glad that you guys got to hear this and that I got to share my Harambe story with you.